Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Lucky. Yep. We are up. We are on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, like I just told you right before we started recording, I think we're gonna have a great conversation just based on, you know, your, you know, how your mindset is and how your physical fitness is and just like where your life has been and what little I know about you. But before we start going in too far, why don't you just I don't want to steal your thunder or anything. So just give the audience and uh the listeners like a little brief description of who you are and um you know, a little bit about yourself and then that way they kind of know, know what we're getting into here. Hopefully. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks for having me on as well. It's uh very cool that we can connect online. Um, you know, it's the day starting here and I know it's finishing for you, but a little bit about me. I um, uh, am a business owner and former professional athlete. Now I still consider myself an athlete. I, I love to train and exercise and it's a really important part of my life for how I manage my, my well-being and, and stress. Uh, so background, I'm obviously based in Australia here, Brisbane, which is the East coast, about an hour flight North of Sydney. And I was very fortunate. I had an amazing upbringing. I grew up in a rural area, comes from a farm. So was exposed to that calm farm life, the hard work, uh, working life, which instilled a lot of work ethic in me. And from a young age, uh, I showed promise as an athlete, mainly in the 800 meters. So middle distance running. Nice. And very fortunate to have supportive parents that did whatever they could to help me excel in that because I, I enjoyed it as well. And as a result of that, from a young age, I was introduced to coaching, visualization, work ethic, sacrifice through injury and and obviously not achieving the results that I wanted, but it also helped me drive to achieve more. And one of the things that I used to look poorly upon was my relationship with my father. I think a lot of people can relate to how the old school, I guess, family dynamics were to where mum was, you know, at home raising her children or myself and dad was out working so that we could um, have the life that we all had. And when I was young, I didn't appreciate that. I just thought it, you know, he didn't want to be around me. So the desire to impress him and seek his recognition really drove me to excel because when I excelled in sport, that was like our moment. That was our time together Mm -hmm. uh, where we were, where we really bonded. So chasing that throughout uh, school, I was lucky to get a, or fortunate to get a a scholarship at one of the great public schools here in Queensland. And that was awesome. But the downside that came with that, it was actually a rugby school. So coming as a, as a runner and a skateboarder and a skinny as a rake, I got picked on for not obviously being a rugby player. And when you don't fit in, when you don't feel like you're valued, it's not a nice place to, to be. And so I did, I guess what a lot of people do in their life, they want to blend in, they want to fit in. So for me, that was working out how I could become a good football player. So 
I obsessed over rugby and did whatever I possibly could, invested as much time as I possibly could into getting into the top top teams because I thought that if I achieved that, the bullying would stop and I, I'd fit in. You know, I didn't like, I wasn't a very confident or outgoing person, even though I'd achieved success in sport. I was definitely confident uh, when I was running, but as an individual, I wasn't confident in who I was. I got picked on for having a higher voice and being skinny and a whole range of things like that. But <clears throat> the beauty was I did end up becoming the football guy. And not only did I um, take on the attributes of playing great rugby, I took on all the other personality traits that generally go on that jock culture, uh, which is you know, for me, it was lying, manipulating, playing around with women, all of that sort of stuff. And the more I got involved in that, or became that person I thought I needed to be, the more confused I became around who I actually was. And I wasn't aware of that at the time. A lot of what I'm sharing now, I'm speaking, knowing what I now know, not what I knew back then. And um, that led me to you know, severe depression, anxiety, confusion, mm. overwhelm, to the point where life was going well. I was fortunate to play, as I said, elite level rugby. And... I thought that was the ticket, right? I was driving towards success and I thought, hey, now that I'm playing professional, money's going to be good. The girls are going to love me. Stress won't be in my life. Life's done. And what I found out really quickly was there's plenty of other people who are just as hungry as I am for my position. And they have got their ducks in a row in other areas of their life. I thought, you know, just achieving success in one area would fix everything else. And I ended up getting injured, moving back home. Uh, having a relationship breakdown and I had to get away. I didn't know how to express the pain that I was feeling because, you know, once again, I grew up not feeling comfortable expressing my emotions or even being able to communicate how I was feeling. So I thought, Hey, if I run away or move to France and play footy over there, once again, my life's going to be changed. I still was thinking that materialistic success or career success would solve yeah. all my other problems. When I got over to France within three months after the, I guess that honeymoon period of living in a different country and doing all of that sort of stuff had settled, the same stuff started popping up, the insecurities, the lack of real meaning and purpose, not knowing what I really wanted for my life. So sabotaged that, ended up moving back to Australia and just had a really rough nine months because I'd been given a lot of great opportunities, Chris. I was going to a great school on scholarship uh, I was competing at the highest level. I had incredible, you know, an incredible partner during that that period of time. I had great mates, but I kept ruining those things. And the, I guess the meaning that I gave that to myself was I'm an even bigger failure because I've been given yeah. the opportunities and I've still managed to mess them up. So my opinion of myself was shocking and I didn't know what else I could do because up until that point, my whole identity, I'd been a great athlete. I'd never really excelled in school. I didn't want to do a trade because I thought I was better than that. Mm -hmm. And I had no around me that was sort of guiding me. Uh, so the best thing to do there is try and escape. So you know, once again, I did what I feel a lot of people in my life were doing at that time was partying a lot. And I got to the point where from a recreational drug use point of view, people like, dude, you need to sort of calm down. And I was at a point where I didn't care if I was going to wake up the ne next day. Damn. I didn't feel like I had much to offer. I didn't love who I was in, as an individual and I kept destroying everything that I thought was going well in my life. And 
within, I'd say like, a, let's say a two month time frame, I found myself, you know, I got arrested and I was sitting at the bottom of a, of a staircase here thinking to myself, like, I'm, I'm disgusting. Like when you're sitting at the bottom of a staircase at a nightclub for being in, involved in a, a brawl, yeah. people are looking at you and I didn't feel good about myself. I was like, as I mentioned, I had all these opportunities. How did I end up here? And you know, what am I doing with myself? From that moment, literally within a two week period, I was like, um, I need to stop drinking. I need to sort my shit out. I feel like I have more to give. I have no idea what it is, but I just know doing what I'm doing is not going to, you know, solve that. And within two weeks, as I mentioned, a guy I was playing just local rugby with invited me to a personal development event. And at the time, you know, this, I was 23 then it was the difference between, it was a $25 ticket. I'm like, do I buy a case of beer or do I go to this event? And we also, I had to miss football for it as well. Uh, And I, you know, something in my gut just said, just trust this guy. I respect this guy. I'm going to go along and do that. And, you know, it's just like a domino effect after that. I met a gentleman, Andy, who gave me a, gifted me a book, the four agreements. And because I respected who he was, it's a good book. And where he was at in his life. Yeah. Great book. Um, I was like, I'm going to read it. And when I read that book, Chris, it was the first book that I'd read that wasn't like a motocross magazine or a surfing or skateboarding <laughs> magazine. And w- what it t- taught me, you know, one, I was proud I finished it, but secondly, I actually learned some different stuff, some different perspectives and out, you know, it shifted my outlook on life a little bit. And I became hungry and excited to to continue seeking out more information. That book left me with questions that I needed answers to. And I went on this huge, I guess, spree of just reading and learning and that transformed my life. And, you know, during that period, I met my now wife and she had a level of success that I could only aspire and still aspire to, to achieve. And the standards that she conducted herself, the people that I got to surround myself with was like, okay, I've got one shot here. And I don't want to continue the poor behavior that I've done in the past. You know, I had had levels of success, but I'd always found a way to mess it up. Maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I'm the one that needs to to shift here. And obviously reading books and attending events and just using social media for me, I grew a good following on social media, just sharing things that I was learning and the excitement led me to, you know, to where I am, am now. There's a whole lot, Lucky, man. Damn. <laughs> Sorry for the long-winded answer. Oh, man. I'm, I'm glad you did it because, you know, it gave me a better sense of, you know, who you are and kind of, um, you know, your trials and tribulations that you started out and just that kind of what you were saying that, you know, you were wanting to be a professional athlete and you became a professional athlete and you thought that would fix everything. And then all of a sudden it didn't, you know, it felt like you're always just chasing something or trying to fill a hole. And especially in the very first part of that, like I can relate it to a lot when you were talking about your dad trying to get his acceptance. Cause I can relate a lot to that just because my parents were, I think three when they got, I got, or they got divorced and my dad was always very well known to being a, you know, a pretty good athlete around the area I grew up in. So I always thought that if I were to do that, that I would get his acceptance and maybe he would come back. And, and I think that's what kind of made me push for as long as I could trying to be, I don't know. I don't want to say something that I wasn't, but I was just trying to, you know, be the best. So, you know, whatever it was, you know, you know, sport wise, I was playing at the time. Right. Just because, Oh, he'll come back, you know, he'll bring back to my life. It'll fix everything. But it just, it wasn't, but, and I think in kind of going off that with, you know, childhood, not really childhood trauma, but people obviously do have that. And then yep. you know, seeing the, 
you know, I guess the, uh, what do you put the, uh, like a carrot on a, in front of a horse or whatever. Yeah, the d- dangling the carrot. Yeah. yeah. And so like, you know, people think, oh, once they get the carrot, you know, everything will be solved in their life. You know, you, you know, they get become a, an athlete, like you said, you know, everything will be fixed. Right. But it wasn't fixed. And then, you know, you find that out and you're like, oh shit, what do I do now? Then you kind of resort to something else. And, you know, one thing leads to another leads to another, but I guess to kind of go from here though, is like, was your rock bottom moment? I, I'm assuming when you were sitting on those steps or when you got arrested and just like, yeah. Hey, I got to get my life together here. This is not what I needed here. You know, and you thought you had it all figured out, but like, did you need that rock bottom no- moment to come to where you are now? I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Definitely. I, I feel like I had a number of moments that should have, you know, I think from the outside looking in people, you know, my parents and various other people say there should have been many moments that made me pull my head out of my ass and want to make a change. But I don't think I was in a position to accept that I was the problem. I think mm-hmm. it's very hard to accept that sure. you're a problem, right? So yeah. that was tough and that happened in that moment. I was like, I've exhausted every other option. You've got two choices here. You continue doing the same things and I don't really like that or we look for different and I'm the only one who can do that. So with, with that, like going into that, did you even at a young age kind of know that you needed to have a certain, you know, not only, you know, I knew you were trying to work on yourself physically, but mentally, did you know that part was there or not? Or did you just thought, Hey, just like you said, you know, physically I'll get there. I'll, I'm a runner. Now I'm going to be a rugby player and I'm good to go. But mentally there's a whole lot more than, you know, what people were actually led to believe. I feel like. Yeah. Mental, mental fitness, obviously, it's such a big component that it leans on our physical fitness, our business and various other factors in our life. And it was something that looking back, I should have been aware of because as I mentioned, my mom had me doing a thing we call brain gym, which was essentially visualization since I was 10 because my brother has ADHD and she'd use that to help him sort of work on improving his focus but she also was like hey you may as well try this for your running you can start visualizing running around the track etc and while that wasn't i guess specifically me building my confidence etc it was me doing some internal work around what i actually wanted for my life how i would show up to a race how i would actually run the race so knowing what i know now i should have gone off that that skill set there is um, transferable into other areas of my life, maybe with how I want to feel about myself, maybe uh, the results that I want to get in a career or in a relationship even so I can navigate that. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't until later on that I realized the importance of mental fitness because once again, I thought that being a successful athlete would solve everything. It didn't. And when you're physically, like I'm still physically fit and strong and there's so many physically fit, strong, and capable people out there, but they're not doing the internal strengthening, right? Which is what mm-hmm. really supports that mind and body, the the resilience. You can learn a lot from fitness and that's why I'm a big advocate for it because when you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation physically, you have some pretty interesting conversations with yourself oh, around yeah. whether you want to continue to go, how much more you're capable of, and the the uh, the accomplishment of pushing yourself further than you've ever done. Like there's a lot that can go with that. But once again, if we don't take the time to reflect on that and sit with that, then we're missing out on all these experiences that we're having. Mm. What do you do to sit and reflect on it for yourself? For me, journaling, like I, I, sorry, I do journal, but I also go into every 
physical challenge. I rode 30 marathons in 30 days last year and I journaled the whole lot, but I had an intention for what I wanted to get out of it. I knew what it would potentially feel like, but I also knew that when I felt certain things, how I was going to work through that. And because I'd done you know, a lot of physical challenges previously, I know things that pop up, but there were definitely some things that popped up that I wasn't aware of. But you know, you can go through this internal checklist. Like, do I feel like this is going to impact me significantly for the rest of my life, or is it just a little bit of short-term pain? Do I feel that there's an opportunity to learn and push myself through this, or is it you know worthwhile sort of calling it quits because when you're in the hurt locker uh, like that, there's a lot that you need to start questioning around the severity of the experience and and not. But you know, I, I backed myself there and from that standpoint, I guess, taking the intention in even, you know, this podcast, there's an intention why we're on here. There's an intention why I read, there's an intention why I journal. And when you're intent with something, you focused, right? And when you're focused, you're present, which means you can take the one experience what's going on, but two, see what's happening in front of you and take stuff away from it. Because many of us, for example, let's use relationships. We have that honeymoon period, Chris, which is awesome, right? Everyone's, you know, you don't focus on any of the bad stuff. It's just like everything's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, that wears off and you start noticing the poor things and you start focusing on them, even though you're not intending to do that. Like, I thought I loved this person. I thought I loved hanging out with them, but geez, they're doing, leaving the toilet seat up or this is happening, that's happening. And what's disappeared is the intent. When you first start dating someone, the intent is to impress them and to win them over. Once that's done, the intent falls behind. Sure. So for me, it's going back to that intent that helps me with my mental fitness and awareness because I'm intentional around what I want to get, what I want to experience and what I want to give. Mm. Yeah. Well, going back a little bit though, you, you, did you say you rode 30 marathons in 30 days? Yeah. Yep. So when you say road, you mean like on a concept two rower or actually like in a water rowing? No, no, a concept two rower. Yeah. I'm really familiar with that. And now, um, you know, I'm one of these CrossFit bros and just, they did that. I, and- epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, too. been doing it for the past 10 years and it, that's just my thing. And um, it just makes sense to me now, but I can't remember what year they did it, but in the games, they had a row a marathon and just, I thought like just watching those athletes do it. I was like, damn, that's gotta be the most worst feeling that anybody could ever put themselves through. But you doing 30 in 30 days, that's pretty badass, bro. Yeah, I wasn't pushing as hard as those. You know, I look at that CrossFit games and they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff in and around that. I was just rowing. That was it. So it was still challenging, but also, you know, there's definitely worse things out there. Was that just kind of part of it? Just because you wanted to challenge your mind and just challenge yourself physically too? And just like you were talking about with the intent, just keep going. This would make, you know, people always talk about doing hard things and that makes you a better person. It challenges your mind and challenge. And, and it's one of the keys to longevity, according to Peter Atia, he's a medical doctor. And just that, you know, doing something like that, you know, I ran half a marathon and that's one of the hardest things I've done here lately. And just cause I've never been a runner, but yes. you know, I couldn't imagine doing 30 marathons in 30 days on a rower. So. Yeah. Well, there was a number of reasons, like one to bring our community together. Like a lot of people live comfortable lives, especially where we live now. Um, you know, sedentary lifestyles and people don't challenge themselves. And when you stop challenging yourself, as you were saying, uh, just then Chris is like people lose excitement in their life and yeah. they start to, the opinion that they have of themselves is not as capable as maybe when they were pushing themselves. So every day I invited people to row with me. Like uh, we got, you know, we ended up having like 60 people row their first marathons. 
Nice. Uh, which was insane. And then we had, you know, some people were rowing their first two kilometers, 10 kilometers, whatever it was, but the goal was to just have people push themselves. And the second thing was that resilient, selfish piece from my perspective is I wanted to see what I could, you know, push myself to do. My wife was uh, over in the US. So I was like, all right, my sleep's going to be fine because she's not here, you know, fa- <laughs> family time's out. So let's just row and see what happens. So um, I learned a lot about myself from from that experience and you know a lot of people i love it when people say that's not possible you're not going to do it even my you know good mates like i'd give you five and you're going to be done after five your body's going to be broken and Mm. then he's like was blown away when i completed it but there's part of stubbornness and strategy and and fitness that help help you get through that yeah well it's extra motivation too just like you said that there's when you're Mate said you're gonna be done after five days or whatever. They said, like, no, I'm gonna show you, bro. I can't <laughs> yeah. break me down. And then when you get, like you said, you built a community there of, you know, what'd you say, 60 people of going at it, man. And yeah. just and having that type of, I guess what's a good word, camaraderie to build off that, knowing that okay, you started something and now you're helping others in the sense achieve their own little, whether it be a mental goal or physical goal or just whatever it is. That's rather just, you know, the support in the boys, whatever it is. Like it's just a it's a great feeling and knowing that, you know, you're building something to, you know, it's another level of just what you thought things could be at, you know, just like trying to become a professional athlete, there's levels to that stuff. And then, you know, it's just something that's just it's something magical, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And just, then that's the beauty of CrossFit for me is just the community Definitely. behind it. And, you know, you got people from all walks of life and who went down, you know, different life paths and you got different jobs and, you know, different ideologies and just, but when you all come together to do one workout of the day, all that's just put to the side and it's just, that's your common goal. Let's just get through this workout and let's see what happens. And it's a badass feeling. Yeah, it's great. I, I agree. It. And one of the other great things about CrossFit is it's humbling, right? It's very easy, you know, mm. people's moods and emotions, right? When they're going well, they just let everyone know, but when they're going not so well, a lot of people crumble, right? Sure. And CrossFit and even the, the marathons, for example, are one of those things where it's like, you may kill a workout one day and absolutely crush everyone and you're walking around going, yes, I'm the king. The next day you get your shit handed to you and you're like, yes. I'm not as good as I first thought. And that's transferable because that's life. Exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things I was asking you about the rock bottom moment and stuff just because you never know when you're going to have, you know, being served one of these humbling experiences, whether it's in the gym or in life or just whatever, just because in, basically in a matter of seconds, your life could change for good or bad. And just that exactly. Yeah. And I try to tell people, you know, I coach a couple of classes a week and just that, you know, Hey, when you come to the gym man, you just got to leave your ego at the door, you got to forget everything and just come here and just focus on one goal. And then, and whether you do really good at it, you do really poor at it. Okay. You had a bad workout. It happens. Like you just said, next day, get back after it. But you got to learn from those experiences just because people just don't, you know, I guess there is probably outliers to everything, but I think you need those humbling experiences and, take losses in life in order to grow as a person, even though I don't like people to lose and stuff, but you need those losses. Right. I agree. As you were saying, I think there's so much to take away from the losses and what it forces you to do is look at things subjectively as well. Like, okay, well, my workout was poor today. Why? It's not just the work, you know, obviously sometimes we all have strengths and weaknesses in CrossFit, um, based on a range of variables. But when you then think about, okay, well, after my session yesterday, I didn't stretch. I didn't eat well. I had a terrible night's sleep. I had a hectic day at work today. 
and all of those things impact you as an individual. We're not, we're not someone who is broken up into segments, right? If your relationship, you know, you're having stress in your relationship, that's going to impact other areas of your life. If you're overweight and unhealthy, that's going to impact other areas. If you're financially, you know, stressed or struggling, that's going to impact other areas. And that's where I think the beautiful thing about CrossFit and, you know, going back to CrossFit is it does, it it taught, CrossFit was a huge teacher for me because they're massive on their new. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Nutrition. I never gave a crap about nutrition when I was an athlete, even. And then mobility. I never did much mobility at footy. Like <laughs> so I started going, wow, CrossFit is this complete holistic tool. Mm-hmm. And then community, right? You've been community. And so you're learning about different things. And I was like, imagine if I, I guess, built these pillars in my own life around different areas like finance, relationship, health, uh, and purpose, essentially, that could make my life more fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize that just that, you know, it's just not one thing that, you know, it takes a lot to put everything together. Just like, you know, you were talking about being a CrossFit athlete, you know, you just can't go in there. So when I do competitions and stuff, there's only, you see people who only just want to do the barbell stuff and that's it. That's all they can <laughs> shit about, right? But then after the next, you know, they, and they might crush in the first workout or whatever it is, but then after the next workout, you feel like, okay, all their, you know, stuff they were not working on, you know, like pull-ups, muscle-ups, the fun, double-unders, all that type of stuff. It starts to come back with vitamin <laughs> yes. S. And again, does like, you know, transferring that over to life, you know, you got to, in my theory, is that you have to put a lot of different things together in order to make it work. And just, you know, for your example, just, you know, I went through a breakup uh, probably about last year at this time, and I noticed that it affected me in the gym and just where everything else, you know, I was really down on myself and I just didn't give a shit about anything, you know, it was just like, it was just part of that, that slump I was in, but I learned that and it's, I knew it was starting to affect me in other areas of my life over the span of a few weeks, just because of me just being, you know, woe was me type of person. And then me changing that outlook and just saying, you know, Hey, you know, man, life ain't over, bro. It, it happens, you know, it happens to the best of us, but we can turn this, turn this around and hopefully, you know, uh, get some W's in life, you know, and just that, uh, it's just a matter of just the way you're changing and the way you're talking to yourself, the way you think about yourself. And I know we've kind of touched on the mental part of it, but that's one thing that, you know, likes to come back and bite me and 
you know, in certain areas and just random moments, it's like, you know, you, what do you call it? Like, it's almost like imposter syndrome, but almost performance anxiety and stuff like that. Just come yeah. back to bite you through everything, not only CrossFit, but just through all of life. It's like, oh, you're not good enough. You shouldn't be here. Oh, you know, you know, maybe these people don't really like you, but you got to, it's just, it's just your own demons, I feel like. And just that you got to learn to control them. And that's, I don't really know where I was going with that point, but just where, where do you think, where do you think you learned the power of perspective and, and choosing how you perceive events happening in your life? Where, I, where do you think I learned that? Yeah. <sighs> Through CrossFit. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been, like I said, I've been doing it 10 years and a little over 10 years and just came coming out of college and trying to be, you know, get a job and be, go down this route and do everything right. All my best friends were moving off and, you know, doing big things with their life. And I was still kind of stuck basically in my hometown and just trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. They were starting families and, you know, uh, having bigger jobs and just, you know, getting on with their lives where I just felt like I was doing nothing. So I felt came into CrossFit and I just learned that, you know, by doing little things, I was getting better and better and better at with my performance and just, you know, talking with people and building relationships there. And it was just learning that, Hey, you know, life is not like this, you know, life is what I can make it. And if I want to put in, a certain amount of effort into something, I'm going to get that back out of it. Right. And I was like, you, I never cared about nutrition or, you know, reading more about mobility or just what other people are doing to get better. And, um, but just like starting to learn from others too, you know, like starting to read people from seminar, not read, but listen to people from the seminars. And when podcasts got big, you know, listen to what they were saying and doing and just getting my small wins and knowing that, like I said, Hey, if I push myself and do X, Y, and Z, that, good things come out of it and then, you know, take it to another level and Hey, let me get serious about my nutrition. You know, maybe I shouldn't go out and go drinking every weekend. Maybe I should just stay at home and try to get my eight hours and eat something decent, decent for me, especially if I know I'm going to work out five or six days a week. So I think it's just through that, just building me mentally and just seeing myself progress as a person and knowing that, you know, me doing hard things makes life better for me. You know, somebody cuts me off in traffic, you know, they get my order wrong. You know, somebody flicks me off and somewhere it's just like, all right, whatever, bro, no big deal. And just, and I keep moving on with my life, you know? And I think that's what it was for me. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah I think CrossFit's, that's, yeah, you nailed it there. Yeah. Just, uh, it's, it's, you know, and I'm, I think it's said I'm, I'm 36 and I'm probably still in the best shape of my life I've ever been, you know, going through college and stuff where I was doing, you know, bro workouts and thought I was getting in shape. It's just basically just lifting, trying to get laid for the night. Basically, it's all I was doing. <laughs> but it was like, you know, I'm not really getting strong, even though you think you are, and you know, but um, but yeah, but I wasn't changing my mindset or anything there. I was just doing it just because that was part of the the college culture, right? You just go work out yeah. you eat, and you go worry about hey, whose house are we going to? Who's got the party tonight? Right. So and I used to think that was a cool thing, kind of like what you were talking about with your professional athlete, you know, getting the girls and partying and being in the kind of the center of attention. Like, oh, this is life. This is cool. But it was really just like, it's not really, it might be cool for some people, but it's like, it's like I was trying to fill holes and trying to chase something that wasn't there and just thought that, you know, doing X, Y, and Z would fix, you know, those problems, but it really did. It just made everything worse for me. And it wasn't yep. until crossfit i guess i started to figure that out that hey i made my own problems kind of what you just said and not to the extent i didn't my problems were not to the extent of yours i mean i didn't didn't get into a broad any nightclubs and just was like oh shit what's going to happen here but yeah i don't know man but yeah that's just uh that's probably what it was for me just overall and that's why i keep going back and that's why i keep doing it and that's why you know i didn't mean for this to be a crossfit you know whole kind of crossfit <laughs> yeah. but it just 
it's been one of those great things in my life. And I, you know, and I know people love it and other people hate it. And I always just try to tell people at least, Hey, just don't listen to anybody else. Everyone's got opinions, but just go try it. You know, it's, it, if it helped me, it could help you. If it doesn't, okay, at least you tried. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I think more people just need to do is just don't be afraid to try things. And even though if it's got, I'm not saying, you know, don't just don't go or just don't, don't go try everything, but certain things where you think there might be a chance for it to better you in some sense. Yeah. Go try it. You know, like you just starting to read. I mean, that was one thing that helped me also. Like I said, it was listening to other people on podcasts and just reading their books and just listen to the way they talked about themselves and just listen about, Oh, okay. You know, they went through some tough shit too, but it's okay. okay. It happens. And that was very motivating, inspiring to me. That's okay. Even these big names, they, they have, they have problems just like everybody else. Yeah. It's life. Yeah, exactly. For sure, man. So I guess, but going back to you though, so, you know, being the performance you were at, you know, doing the 30 row, 30 marathons and 30 days on the rower and, and being a professional athlete. And and I know now you're kind of starting to help others try to become those type of people, become better people. Right. Is that kind of where you're the shade yeah. now? Yeah. 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 So we, um, in 2017, I launched, my company, the man that can project. Um, and we, we initially just started with men's circles, like a, or a men's group sort of thing. I was in Europe one day just on, on holiday. And because of what I was talking about and what I was sharing about my own stuff, a lot of people were like, Oh, that's cool. You know, is, is there a book you'd recommend or can you talk me through that? Or can you help me with that? And I never wanted to be a coach because I thought coaches were people who couldn't get a real job. That was my <laughs> opinion at the time. <laughs> And then I had this realization, I was still stumped with what I was actually going to do with my life. I was like, I have no idea. I have no real, like I enjoy learning and growing myself. Maybe I can find this sweet spot where I can get paid to do what I love. And that's when we um, thought about, you know, what did I really need or what would have really helped me ten, or, you know, when I first finished school and it would have been to have access to men from all walks of life, those who were successful in their careers, those who were successful with their health, with their family life, mm -hmm. uh, with their lifestyles in general. And they were prepared to tell me what it really took because you can jump on Google and find processes and steps to achieve anything. But what I feel holds most of us back is the fear that comes with it, whether it's fear of rejection, failure, all of that, and the emotional side. And that's where storytelling or podcasts even come yeah. in so handy or books because that's when you can get into people's minds. So we created those men's groups and they blew up. Like we had literally six, seven and eight figure income earners rocking up. Like I was like, far out. These guys are here. Then you had people that had no idea like myself, what they wanted to do with themselves, but we all got along. Yeah. Like we all felt good offering perspective and I guess feedbacks and experiences, but also then having a place where you could unload. And the goal was always, okay, well, what's the next step? Like what's the next thing we can do to help these these gentlemen. So we started running workshops and events and I was very clear in 2014 because my wife travels a lot. I was like, I want to, I want to have flexibility in my life and I want to have the freedom to live wherever. And every decision that I made, obviously running workshops and stuff is a bit location specific. So we continued to evolve the company. Um, and we're also like, okay, well, immersive experiences are phenomenal. Like when I go to a, a workshop or a retreat, I feel inspired, but then I go back to the environment that I came from and I slipped back into the same habit. So how can we help people shift and grow from that perspective? And that's when we worked at, you know, we created our academy, which has been running for a couple of years now, but it also, you know, one 
delivers incredible results for people. Secondly, it allows me to have the lifestyle that I want, which is flexible and and also something that I wake up genuinely excited for, but also holds me to a standard where I have to be the man that, you know, I'm inspiring other people to sort of chase their own dreams. I got to do that for myself. So um, it's been a fun, stressful, challenging, but rewarding journey to get to where we are now. And, um, you know, we got a lot of exciting stuff happening in the year to come. We're actually moving over to the States in June, which will be awesome. So looking to, to continue expanding over there as well, which is going to be fun. And just touching on that a little bit, I don't know a lot about Europe or even Australia, but do a lot of men suffer, I guess, in silence mentally just through, I guess this is the modern world now because it seems to be more of a a common conversation that likes to come out, you know, where years ago, you know, men weren't allowed to, or not really allowed, but not, it was not cool to, you yeah. know, share certain feelings or say, Hey, you know, I'm going through some stuff right now. I mean, is, yeah. that, is it kind of the same way in Australia? Cause America seems to be starting to become more, not trendy, but more open. I guess yeah. I think, um, I think, I feel like Australia is actually leading the pack. Like we're a bit further ahead than even the U S cause we've had some, you know, I've worked with some U S guys, over here who've come and run workshops and stuff. And they're just like, you guys are miles ahead. But once again, America is so big, it could be location specific as well, but it's definitely a a huge conversation because suicide rates are at all time high. And, you know, so many people are actually being impacted by loved ones who are taking their life. And we know why, like the stats are there, why people are taking their life by suicide from obviously relationship breakdown, financial struggles, lacking of belonging and stuff. So if we know this, how can we start educating people around finances and helping them get their house in order there? How can we start um, helping men, especially deal with uh, relationship breakdowns, understanding their emotional management and awareness around that stuff? It's all skills. And then also how can we help people be comfortable being who they are? Because most people don't feel valued, seen or heard because they yeah. aren't confident enough to be who they are. So it's like, yeah, you may hang around people, but if you're not being who you feel you are, they're never going to get to know you because you're not letting them know you. Yeah. You're not being authentic with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, and, and that's, okay. and that's one thing that, you know, I feel like that's a, another common theme that I see again in the modern world that people are starting to learn to be more authentic with themselves just because, you know, we've, we're still in this age of technology and social media and trying to basically live another life through social media and always showing that, you know, basically, you know, you hit a PR in the gym and, you know, all the, you know, all the good stuff that happens, right. That, you know, you bought a house, you got a car, but and like, you're just living vicariously through that and let's see other people doing it. And all of a sudden just immediately put you down through, Oh, did you freeze up on me? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're back. Yes, sorry. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, so All good. My internet freezes up. But yeah, what I was getting at was that, yeah, like in the age of social media and technology today, we're almost living vicariously through social media where, you know, if you hit a PR in a gym, you know, nobody, everybody wants to go see that, right? You put it on Instagram, everyone's got to see it. But, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I'm not, I'm not sitting here and just like, you know, sugarcoat or anything, but you know, when you get pinned by a squat clean or, you know, uh, <laughs> a squat, like, oh, I, you know, I, you don't really show that much on the, on there. So it's just wondering that, yeah, yeah just like that, you know, that's why it seems to be more 
coming out the news. Let's talk about the bad stuff rather than always the good stuff. And just that let's be more authentic with ourselves and know that, Hey, like I was telling you about earlier, you know, I don't always hit PRs every day. I walk into the gym or, yeah, or even in life, I don't always get every job interview I go for. I don't always, you know, get an extra thousand dollars just falling into my lap or whatever it is. So just being authentic seems to be more of just a way to go. And just knowing that, Hey, it's okay to be me, you know, and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It just promotes that self-acceptance. Right. And when you accept who you are as an individual, life's so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you know that there's other people out there who have, like I said earlier, like, you know, have gone through certain troubling times in their life and you don't feel like you're the only one anymore. It's like, Hey, I can say this now. It's okay. You know, I mean, I probably wouldn't just go walk into a party and immediately just say that, Hey, I'm (laughs) shit or whatever. But, but I mean, you know, when you, when you get down and have, you know, sit down with, you know, and, and bro out a little bit, you know, and just don't mind opening up a little bit. I'm not saying go spill the, you know, everything, all your whole dirty laundry, but it's just and take a little baby step and go from there, especially if you're trying to get better and work with someone like yourself to even just to help with the mindset, you know, it just, it takes you to a whole new level because of what we just kind of discussed, you know, a few minutes ago and it's crazy how far you can even go with it. hundred percent. And that the, the, I think a really important thing for people and, and men, especially to understand there's a lot of people talking about doing this work and depending on what ads or, you know, who you're first exposed to in regards to coaching and whatnot, for some people, it can be a little bit confronting or off-putting. And I think it's, you know, for me, I went down this whole spiritual route and um, nothing against it, but I I worked out pretty quickly that the, the background that I've come from and the way I live my life and how I want to continue living my life, there's, I want to learn tools that allow me to better improve my life. I don't want to just have to be dependent upon or reliant upon, you know, slapping water to release anger or whatever it may be. It's like, I just want tools that help me live a better life. Yeah. You know, I I don't need all this, you know, don't get me wrong. There's great experiences that you can have with so many, there's so many incredible tools, but you've got to find what works for you, but don't lose sight or focus on the fact that the reason why you're wanting to learn this stuff is to better improve your lifestyle and who you are as an individual, not becoming obsessed with the tool itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I see a lot of people going, I missed a day journaling. I've ruined everything. It's like, you have it, man. <laughs> like, hey, man. One day. Settle. One day. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay, bro. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing too. And just that it's almost a... I like to say, I guess I should say, like, it's like scared of being successful, so to speak, just because yeah. depending on who you are, you have around you and you start to, like I said earlier, you, you don't go out on Friday and Saturday night to go get drinks and food or whatever. You're like, hey, I want to stay in and, you know, read and just work on me. And that way I can get up the next morning and get up my what, whatever workout you're doing. I don't care if it's CrossFit or just running or whatever you, what, as long as you're moving, that's all I really care about. I get on yeah, CrossFit 100%. a lot, but just move, you know, work out. But, and, I, and what I'm getting at is that people start to, it's like they see insecurities in themselves where they see a person getting better and then they almost kind of ridicule you for it. Mm. Like, oh, you're going to stay home and read and work out and, you know, go to bed early. Like, what a loser, dude. And it's, it's like, <laughs> really don't think so. But and then like you almost feel bad of trying to work on yourself just because your friends are almost kind of fighting you against it, which, like I said, they're hopefully I think they're just fighting their own insecurities, but it kind of makes you feel bad away because, all right, well, I'm stepping into new territory here and I don't know where this is going to go. And I'm, you know, releasing everything I know in life and which is scary, but it's also hopefully a good scary, you know, you just, mm. you know, what is it? I think you even said it earlier that you can't grow without some type of change or something along those lines. 
Yeah, and if you look at the world around you or look at even the people around you, ask yourself truly, and whether it's an assumption or not, but whether regardless, just ask yourself, like how many of the people in your life are truly happy? True. And most people, I would say, aren't. You know, I'd say there's over 90% unhappy. Wow. Whether it's financial, whether it's the the stress of family life or work life or whatever it is, they don't, don't have any time to practice or enjoy hobbies, whatever it is. So my understanding is, okay, I can learn a lot from the 90% around what not to do. And one of the things that I've been doing for the last two years, Chris, is speaking to a lot of people in their 70s plus. Because I was I was podcasting my grandfather before he passed away last year, and you know, he was 94 and lived on the farm his whole life. But it was awesome to be able to get to know him a lot when he moved into a retirement village and learn what he would have done differently, what he enjoyed most. And yeah. a lot of the stuff we've seen on Facebook quotes or whatever, it's like very simple around what's truly important to us, yet we still seem to focus on the other things. And I was like, okay, well, a good way to remind myself is to speak to people who are, you know, at the end of their working career and find out what they would do differently. Mm -hmm. And it's still coming back with the same stuff, but I'm actually getting emotionally connected to these people because I've been speaking to them. I actually know them more than just reading it through a book. And I'm like, okay, well, if enough people at that age are saying these are the fundamental things or what they wish they made a priority, then maybe I should actually make it a priority, not just, okay, oh, that was nice. I'd like to do that, but I'm going to keep focusing on my business only. Yeah. Yeah. I'm currently reading a book. It's called the psychology of money. And you know, I'm, I haven't said, oh, I just finished that book. Yeah. And like, yeah, there's a part of, yeah, there's, I'm like, I guess I'm, I'm well, I just finished the part where they were actually talking about where people think that, you know, the money's going to bring happiness and all this stuff, but it's kind of what you just said. It's like the experiences and relationships in life is what more people actually were. Yep. They felt fulfilled in their life with that rather than just worried about, you know, the money that they had at the time. But it was just kind of what you were saying, being able to sit with your grandfather and just chat with him and, you know, just even for whatever time it was. And that's one of the things I've kind of, you know, regret in my life is where I didn't get the chance to sit with one, you know, my grandfather. And actually, just because, like I said, when my parents were divorced and I was always felt like I was a weird kid for going down there because I was either going to make mom mad or my dad mad and yeah yeah i was like well i just guess i'll just do nothing and now now i regret it and i mean i guess that's bad as you know you're probably not supposed to have any regrets but it, it it's in the back of my head right just like i could have done more i could have done stuff more and just like those experiences they start to i mean maybe this is where i've gotten older more mature but it starts to be like oh shit you know they that's hitting home now well the the cool thing chris about what you're doing is you know i think about it. imagine if our parents or grandparents had a podcast or a youtube channel and, you know, Jim Rohn talks about the three treasures you can leave behind. And I believe podcasts and YouTube and all of this stuff is that now because our children, if you choose to have them or people that you know now have a catalog of your thoughts and experiences and sure. conversations that they can listen to whenever. Yes. Like that is fucking cool. It is. Yeah, that's and, so cool. And so I think, it, you know, we're inadvertently, whether you're aware of it or not, it's like, people are going to be able to listen to us for as long as they want to, which hope. is cool. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. And that's one thing I've actually thought about doing this and, and why, you know, I get joy out of podcasts and actually getting to talk at, with people like yourself, because, you know, when I read these books and hear other people talking about in podcasts and just my own thoughts and feelings towards something, I actually can get on here and, you know, discuss it, you know, with people like yourselves and actually, you know, like, okay, yeah, that's probably a good way of thinking or no, nah, I probably wouldn't do that if I was you and stuff like that. But again, yeah. get my thoughts out and kind of works things work things out and saying them out loud where, you know, if you think about them 
internally, it's it's kind of different when you say it out things out loud. Sometimes I feel like it hits different. And hundred percent, yeah. And it's like, and I'm not. It's like a therapeutic, thera- therapeutic, therapeutic, yeah, kind therapeutic, of, yeah, therapeutic kind of feeling almost. Not the sense that is it therapy? No, but could it be almost considered therapy? Well, maybe, but you know, I mean, I don't. I feel, but I feel, I feel better. I mean, I feel, I feel comfortable in this type of setting rather than just going to sit with somebody on a couch and talk about yeah. yeah right at least i got somebody to converse with and you know especially if you know we have like-minded ideologies and just go with the flow of things and just bro out a little bit like i've been saying so it's fun it's cool 100 percent. yeah yeah definitely agree yeah and so like i gotta cut this little this one a little bit short like i said i got something so good man. after this but um if people want to find you and all that good stuff or anything you want to plug and promote um how do they do that the just head to the man that can project.com on there. We've got the podcast and all of that useful resources and blogs. And you can follow me on Instagram at Lachlan Stewart or at Lachlan Stewart. Cool. Um, any cool messages you want to leave with people or, uh, you know, maybe something we didn't discuss or something you want to leave with it. No, I think the, the main thing is just do what you need to do today. That's going to make you a little bit better for tomorrow. And I think, you know, get clear on what you want from your life and you can make anything happen over a sustained period of time. Cool. Well, that's a good way to take this home right there. I like that right there, man. So thanks so much for having me on, man. Oh man. I I love, you know, love crossfitting conversations like this and talking about, you know, uh, getting better as a person in some form of way or the other. And it's fun, man. I'm really glad we did this. So cool. Likewise. Good luck with your call. Thanks, man. All right, folks, we're out of here. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.